I think that's an important thing when people are listening to this too. It's like, you should be selfish. You should be, you should be selfish. Your intent should not be to be selfish at the cost of others, but to grow your own life. And there's a way that you could do that in a win-win-win fashion. Welcome to The Lensetter Show, the show that blends the art of sales, the science of success, and the strategies of real experts in the mortgage and sales industries to help you grow your client base, increase your revenue, and get in control of your life. I'm your host, Preston Schmidley. Kick back, enjoy the episode, and don't forget to subscribe. What's going on, friends? Welcome to this episode of The Lensetter Show. I'm your host, Preston Schmidley, and I have with us uh, uh, one of our members of our program, Tyler Shearer. And, uh, you know, I've actually really enjoyed watching him um, because he has a marketing background himself. Um, and it's, you know, honestly, it's pretty rare that I want to engage in, uh, I don't want to say a lot of conversation, but, you know, get too involved from a, like a, you know, podcast and, a, and, and, you know, having those kind of conversations with somebody that's only been in our program for six weeks. But I feel like there was a lot to talk about here because, um, you obviously come from marketing, uh, uh, marketing background, Tyler. You you do what I would consider really good short form video content, and you've been doing that now. You have a really solid workflow for that, and I think that there's there's probably some nuggets that that loan officers out that you know, especially in this market, are struggling right now that could really get from um, hearing more about you and what you got going on and what you're doing. So, um, you know, with that said, I'm really excited to have you on the show, Tyler. Um, for those that are listening, why don't you? give a kind of a background. I know you went from being uh, in the credit union world and now you're a broker. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about your path so that they fundamentally understand that about you and we'll just go where this conversation goes. So it started, I was door to door alarm salesman, learned how to do that because I love marketing, have such a passion for it. Door to door company basically put me into their marketing program because they're like, hey, you know how to sell, but you also know how to market so we can sell more. So I did that for almost seven years and side by side, I was doing photography, weddings, uh, backcountry yeah. snowmobiling. And then I was like, crap, I want to get back into sales. And that's when someone was like, dude, become a mortgage lender. Got picked up from a local credit union, worked there for five years, helped grow, like grew a team up here in North Idaho. And I just wanted more. My ceiling was starting to be reached. And so I jumped in the broker world and that's when I found you guys, the good vibe squad. So I could do everything and anything I feel like I want to do for my business. I love it. What do you feel were some of your, I don't know, I guess revelations, insights, like you went from credit union to broker. Why don't you talk a little bit about like the, the impact that's made in your life? I mean, just, just that alone, I think would be an interesting starting point to kind of orbit around. Yeah, totally. So I think sometimes we get caught up in, uh, we want structure, but don't want structure. Yeah. And every entrepreneur is that way. And I'm one that actually has like almost Rob Deerdick type calendar in the back. Like I got to hit X, Y, and Z by this time and try to be as efficient as I can because I am a husband, a father, you know, and yeah. a golfer and all these other things. Right. But what I noticed was the credit union was trying to fit me into their mold. And when you start to grow and start reaching, I don't know, levels that you've never reached before, you start feeling like you want to be around people like yourself and McBilly that are, heck, you guys just went on a coaching tour for like, what, two weeks? Because yeah, it's like, like, like a month. We went from the, we had the stake of the union, uh, which is like a small intimate mastermind we have with some of our friends where we literally just go, we meet quarterly at, in, in different random cities uh, used to be across the United States, but we're actually planning for one to Tokyo. But the whole concept of it is around just, we go places where we could just by day masterminded by night, eat really expensive beef. Um, <laughs> so that's why we actually want to go to Tokyo is because we actually want to choose the cow, uh, right. 
and get some wagyu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a wild, wild story. But that's cute though. When you're in cells, like if you're not around like-minded people that are like pushing and leveling up all the time and like lifting where they stand and say, "Hey, come follow me," instead of like coddling you. Yeah. That that starts to get old, man. Like you want to hit yeah. big marks, and the only way to do that is to be around people that are willing to get uncomfortable every day. I mean, I, I feel it. Yeah. We, so we went from that one. We went then we then we uh, spent. We went to Ohio to 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 meet with Dan Kennedy for a day working on Good Vibe Squad, who's like one of my my main mentors, uh, you know, for a long time. And then uh, uh, and then we went to to Mexico to spend a week with Russell Brunson in the Inner Circle, which is his mastermind that we're in. So. Yeah, it's been it's been a month of just like <laughs> I have never had so much clarity. I've never ha- been like, okay, time to work because there's so much shit in my head right now, you know. So yeah, love it, dude. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. where are your so, top two takeaways? Oh my, you top don't. Two. You could probably elaborate, but top two. Everyone says top three, but what's top two? Yeah, top two. So you know, it's interesting. Um, we had a lot to marinate on. So actually the, the series of the three was felt like a really solid order. And, uh, it just, it was just a really, really, I'm grateful that there was such proximity between all of those events, because I felt like the, the, the insights that we had from the stake of the union, uh, became more polished and we peeled more layers off when we met with Dan Kennedy for the day. And then, uh, uh, we got back, we had one day in between Ohio and Mexico and, uh, you know, so, so we were really fresh off the Dan Kennedy stuff. And then we went into Russell's world for a week and just met with all these entrepreneurs that are doing, you know, anywhere between like 3 million for the most part, um, up to like 500 million a year. And, you know, so it's like just spending time in that environment, just continued to morph these thoughts, uh, in a really beautiful way. So by the end of it, I think part of it was, uh, the first thing is stop, stop playing small. We, we met with, uh, we had a really intimate session with uh, an author, Benjamin Hardy, um, yeah, awesome. who, yeah, he co-authored a book. Uh, well, it's coming out, uh, um, but by the time we're recording this in April, it comes out next month. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's actually a really good book. I'm under pages into it. It's, it's mind-blowing. It's called 10, 10X is Easier Than 2X. Um, it's by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. Phenomenal read so far. They, uh, they co-authored The Gap and the Gain. Uh, who not how uh benjamin hardy changed my life isn't that a good book oh my gosh like in the mortgage industry everybody went totally to the gap and you read that book and you're like shut up get to the game stop being a little bit and like sit to work be grateful for what you have get some momentum and just go and i was like dude this book is sick yeah, no, the gap in the gain was transformative. Yeah, so so 10x is easier than 2x is like gap in the gain on on steroids and like meth. It's it's a whole nother level of gap in the gain. Um, and, and one of the cool things about it, I think this was also, I think McBee and I both feel the same way about this, was the, the idea of 10x is easier than 2x was empowering because, um, you know, to to go 2x is linear, right? So what he, what he talks about is to go 2x, you, you you hang on to about 80% of what you know and believe currently, and you ha- you have to change about 20% of what you know and believe. Uh, you know, but it's incremental gains. It's it's to, that's linear growth. It's not that hard to do uh, 2x conceptually, but it's actually harder to implement because there's thousands of ways to get to 10x or to, to 2x, but there's there's very limited ways to 10x something, right? And so he uses this example of his son Caleb, who uh, is a tennis player. 
uh, and and uh, he was at one of his his son's coaching sessions because he he's trying to get a the reason he has a coach is he's trying to get a, a scholarship to go to college to play tennis. It's just plenty fine gold, right? But right. but his coach asked him uh, during one session, and he said, "Hey, Caleb, have you ever thought about going pro?" You know, and Caleb's like, "No, not really. You know, I just want to get to college." So on the ride home, Ben asked Caleb. He said, "You know, uh, have you thought anything more about what your coach said?" And he went, "I don't know, not really." He goes, "Well, would you like to go pro? Like, would, would you do you think that'd be a fun life for you?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, I, I think so." And so they t- started talking more about it, and he was like, "You know, where we live in Orlando, there's probably you know over a thousand coaches that can pretty easily help my son get into totally. college to play uh, tennis." Uh, he said, "But if we if if, the, if we shift the goal to pro, right?" If we go that high, there's probably less than five coaches that can actually help us do that. And that's assuming we need one coach. We'd probably need more than one coach. And so the the just by shifting the where we headed changes what we do to get there, right? And so he's like, to go pro, you have to be willing to let go of 80% of what you're doing. And, and there's probably 20% of what you're already doing now that works and you should keep doing. But But you have to be willing to let go of most of what you know. And, and, and go through the uncomfortable hero's journey of becoming this person that, that can be pro. Whereas if you just want to go to college, you just got to change 20%. You're already 80%. Yeah, that's fine. You know, and this incremental changes will get you there. And so it was a really cool um, thing. And it made McBee and I kind of look at even Good Vibe Squad and go, you know, we're kind of linearly growing. I mean, we've, we've done a lot of cool things. And, you know, um, I, I'm pretty open about this. We, we do about uh, five, 5 million in, in revenue. And our goal was 10 million, which is literally two X. And then, right. and then we started going, what do you know? No, what, what do we want? You know, like what's the yeah. real goal here? Right. Instead of arbitrarily setting a money number that based on just the, the, the progression, it's like, what are we really after? So we got some new goals, which I think is really exciting. Um, and so that was really my, I would say the main set of takeaways from that was just the, the orbiting around the 10 X is that speaks, man. That speaks to me like huge right now because going out on my own, I've actually went ahead and like hired you guys, which is not only leads, but also coaching. I've also got a, I'm a five handicapping golfer. Right. And I'm just tired of just being there. I want to elevate and just get down to scratch because I want to. So I hired a golf coach. Right. And that's so relatable because. There's things that we do that we think we can fix, but the moment you hire someone in from the outside, they see something this small that can change the impact, especially in a golf swing, right? Like yeah. you can change 80%, going to your analogy, within five minutes. Yeah. And it was worth every single penny paying them to do that. And I've done that with all my short form, you know, videos and trying to pump out, you know, YouTube content. I went and hired a video guy, even though I have a background in it, that's not worth my time. It's worth going and hire someone that is like fluid and an expert. And that is on top of things where my time is, well, I show up for an hour. I've thought through all my content. Let's buzz through this. And he cranks it all out for me. And then I go back to being a loan officer, husband, a father, like prioritizing your time. is like, it's great. It's huge, but it's a hard lesson to learn. Here I am almost turning 36 next month. And like, 10 years ago, I would have been like, dude, I got this. It's all on me. Yeah. Now it's like, I'm willing to write a check for someone to actually elevate me 10x yeah. instead of double my business. Well, and it's, it's the, I think it goes back to the concept of, you know, would you rather have a small piece of a big pie or a big piece of a small pie? You know, and, and that's kind of the, the, there's a certain point where the pie is, the pie is what the pie is unless you're willing to chop it up, you know. Um, oh, it, it gets harder to make the pie bigger the bigger the pie gets, right? And so, 
there's a certain level where, yeah, you could, you know, and, and, and if your goal is like, I just want small lean, I don't want a team. I just, you know, it's like, okay, great. There's nothing wrong with that. But, um, I think, I think the biggest thing from, from that session with, with Benjamin was knowing what you really want, right? Cause there are people that want for the right reasons to keep something small. Cool. There are people that for the right reasons want something big, right? And everything in between. And it's like, as long as you know the why, you know, we, I was talking about this on my peak performers call uh, uh, in the in our Lensetter membership the the other day, and um, I was talking about beliefs and and standards, right? Because mm-hmm. um, the desire for the call actually, and and the intent for the call, because we have a few people in the program, especially in California. I'm be, I'm very transparent about this because I think it's a healthy discussion um, that are saying that it's you know, well, there's been a variety of forms it's taken. You know, uh, uh, the, the idea is that you know one thing that was brought up. And these are beliefs and judgments, right? But uh, one thing that was brought up is that people that can qualify for homes in California aren't on Facebook. And it's like, okay, well, th- there's no data to, to back that up, first of all. S- but secondly, it's like, we're not selling Lamborghinis, guys. Let's, let's you know, let's reel this in a little bit. Um, you know, everybody, first of all, damn near is on Facebook. And secondly, everybody needs shelter. If you overlay those two things together, let's chill. You know, <laughs> it's like... But, but that's the, the idea of beliefs, right? It's like, um, I've just learned in this business, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. But that doesn't just go to the what you want. It also applies to the how. If you believe you can grow a business with direct response marketing, direct to consumer marketing, you know, if you believe you can grow a business through paid uh, traffic, uh, client acquisition strategies, then you're right. If you believe you can't, you're right, right? So not only does the, whether you believe you can or you can't for the outcome apply it also applies to the method in which we get there right and that's actually one of the cool things i respect about you is you know you came from being primarily referral based even though you had a marketing background and now you're doing video you're paying somebody to do a lot of the editing and stuff for you even though that's a skill you have because your goal is to scale and grow smaller piece of a bigger pie and uh and and even with that and you already had success you still chose to hire us to help you build out that um you know what, what we call the mortgage freedom flywheel or uh, if you want to just simplify it down to a direct to consumer system that helps you build new relationships. Um, so I think it comes with clarity, right? Like you've got to have a vision. You've got to have your why you've got to have of who the freak you are, like what you really want. Like my goal is to make a hundred million, right. Or a hundred million in volume. And I knew that I could do that at the last place. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go put systems in place to one, keep myself accountable, but two, that I can scale. Because at the end of the day, time is time. And if you can't use your time correctly or the way it should be, if you're not going to go anywhere. And one thing that's really annoying, like just hot, soft, like soapbox right now. Yeah. Hate how lenders are just finding excuses for everything. Lean into the freaking market. Like sells or sells. Like if you want to go grind, go knock dorks. Like you got to play the numbers game. you got to just knock doors, perfect your craft, get better, elevate yourself, have people like you. And I mean, I have five other like people that are in sales, whether they're in solar or insurance that I pitch every once in a while. Like, what do you think about this? Well, change this word, change your tone. Like that's what a true salesman or true top producer wants is like other people to critique them, to make Mm -hmm. them elevate. And so many times in sales, we have people that are like, hey, can I just pay you so I can close something? That's like, yeah, such a garbage way to like sell people. Like, and that's so not real. Like your experience comes across as fake. Like, 
lean into the market, lean into this rates, lean into low inventory. The facts are the facts, but like, are you looking at the five-year play or are you looking at the six-month play? Mm. You can tell the moment you start talking to an LO that they're looking for instant gratification of six months. Like Good Vibe Squad is like, it's a year commitment for me because I knew it wasn't going to be much for the first few months because I had to learn the process. I had to learn the flow. But by year, like month six and nine, I hope I'm talking to you and you're like, dude, how are you closing so many? That's, that's yeah. the goal, right? Well, you know, and, and I, I think you have a lot of the framework for that. You know, I, I've, uh, you just said something that uh, I'm a big believer in. You got to sell what you got, you know, and, and I think that this is something that you and I can appreciate going through multiple different sales. Like I've done sales for about 20 years. I get the vibe you've done it for most of your life too. Um, and, uh, you know, in 2020, 2021, you add rate, you sell rate, uh, you know, in, in 2022, 2023, you got more inventory, you sell inventory. I mean, what do you got? You, you know, you can, there's all these people that focus on the sky's falling. It's hard out there. Rates are high. Inventory is low. It's like, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. You know, I, I had a conversation with a, a producer, uh, and he's partnered with another producer of similar success who does 150 million volume between the two of them, there's 300 million combined in 2022. And it's like, people talk about recessions. People talk about how hard it is. People talk about how you can't close loans. They did 300 million between the two of them. I mean, it's like, okay, I mean, now tell me where the recession is. You know I mean? I It's real for some people, but it's like, that's a choice. And that's a hard thing to hear. Cause be, you know, it's like that. I understand that feels like gaslighting to somebody that's in it, but it's like, there's evidence of success. The, you know, the four mile, the, the four minute mile has been broken. So what are we talking about here? Are we talking about that it can or it can, or are we talking about how, um, you know, so that's kind of interesting that, that you said what you said there. I'd actually be curious, Tyler. So, you know, you haven't been with us very long, like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, but I, I mean, I've, you know, I, I'm always a fly on the wall and I'm always, I'm always keeping an eye, you know, my philosophy is there's two reasons why I know a client's name at this point. Cause we have, you know, over 250 clients currently, um, either you're doing something I'm impressed by or y your name's come up in a leadership huddle. And I'm thinking about like canceling the relationship because of the, you know, whatever dynamic, um, you know, we enrolled somebody we shouldn't have enrolled. Right. And that's, that's rare. Uh, but I'm, I'm very impressed by a, a good group of our clients these days, but you know, obviously I've had my eye on you and I've, and I've liked a lot of the stuff you're doing. Uh, I like your video content. I think that, I think that you have a great mindset and, and the right, uh, uh, you know, you got a good head on your shoulders about this. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah. I, I'm kind of curious about, you know, you went from credit union to broker. You already had a successful business. You would have been fine without good web squad, which are my favorite clients, by the way, not because it takes pressure off of us. We still show up the same, but it's not, you know, it's, I've always had this saying of winners win. Right. And you know, one of the interesting things this is an observation from earlier some of the people that not only have the best mindset, but also have consistent and growing success, oddly enough, door-to-door -door sales seems to be a staple. I've had a, a handful of these calls recently where it's either been vacuums, encyclopedias, uh, uh, alarm systems, or life insurance. And I'm just like, how cool is that? You know, I mean, I, part of me goes, I don't wreck, I don't wish that on anybody. And then part of me goes, it's something everybody should do. <laughs> Oh, it's brutal, dude. Like, I remember knocking in freaking Sacramento or the Bay Area selling alarms and it's hot as all and get out and you're just sweating your freaking huevos off, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Totally just getting doors pounded in your face. But like, there's just something you learn about grit. There's something you learn also about yourself. Like you learn very quickly. I don't sell like him. I sell like Tyler. 
Mm. And the moment you find that out, you're like, I'm going to be myself, but I'm going to fine tune myself. Yeah. I'll not give a lie. I wasn't great at doing short spells. It just taught me a lot. But some of my buddies have been in that industry for 12 years because they're freaking phenomenal. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think uh, the thing I love about doors for sales is one of two things happens and, and very, very rarely something in between either the meat grinder just chews you up and spits you out more, which is more likely than the opposite or, or excellence is, is recognized. Right. And, and it, and it's usually early stage excellence, but it's like, you know, when I was doing that in life insurance, I, I could, I got to the point where after training a few hundred people, um, I could almost immediately identify an all-star like, like this person is going to be fine, you know? And, and, uh, um, it's really cool to see how, like just the, the growth trajectories of those that did good at door-to-door sales, or, or let me rephrase this, those that survived door-to-door sales, how, if you follow their timeline for the next decade or so, there's just like this upward you know, I, and I don't know what it is. It's Maybe it's like a law of increase in returns, right? Because like, I can tell you, there's three of us that were like, kind of like this, call it income. And then all of a sudden we hit the right vehicle and it was just like, it was gone. Yeah. You know? yeah. But one thing I did mention is like when you got onto the video side, I actually created all the videos for training. Mm-hmm. So I was hanging out with all the superstars and rock stars of door to door world. And I was going on and filming them like, knocking doors and picking their brain and that's, like, cool. that's, what, that's what got me like amped up and like yeah. you're know, reading these self-help books that they are suggesting and you're like i'm actually kind of with you but i'm the guy behind the camera so like i actually probably learned more doing that than i did that's legit degree. you know what i mean yeah there's no better sales education yeah. than hanging out with some killers like that that's awesome man you're like hold up you did 500 alarm system cells in one year like what the fridge and then you realize like he's not i don't know he's not a brad pitt he's just a normal dude with a beard out there just hustling and he just knows how to hustle and like this guy was a freaking farm kid from southeast idaho that grew up like an hour away from me slinging potatoes for kind of yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like, That's so cool. When you figured out how to just grind. So my my question for you at this point is, you know, you went from being in a credit union to going broker, and you know, you I think like within a month of that transition, you you hired us, plus or minus, you know, I, I think right around a month. Uh, what were some of the motivations for you? That I mean, I'd be curious on some level, selfishly, to know why you decided to go with good vibe squad specifically but more importantly i i'm curious like what led you you were already successful right what led you to go you know what let's do direct to consumer marketing let's let's do this uh first off just knowing what the funnels are i mean you've already mentioned you're in that vibe but all those guys and i've watched dropship they've been in the startups before where like click funnels are target marketing right like you you hit people that are actually motivated or you're at least dripping in front of them to get in front of them and you know as you watch real estate agents like you talk to them all the time in our world they're using boomtown and zillow which are just really expensive because it's saturated sure and when i started looking into hey can i build all these funnels myself can i build all these target things and you start looking at all the compliance and you start looking at all this overhead you're like 
okay, I'm going to need a CRM. I'm going to need to know how to do all this on Facebook. I'm going to have to go get ramped up. It's been five years since I've touched Facebook ads and Google ads and analytics. And you start, so it's a different base, it's bro. It's time. It's yeah. time. And then like, good hell, dude. Every time I turned on YouTube, you or McBilly's are like, hey, Wolves, you know, and I'm just like, okay, guys, I get it. I get it. Let me look into that. Yeah. So I go ahead and I look into it and I get like the first like demo and I'm like, whoa, right there. Hey, you've hit five pain points and it comes at a cost. But if I'm willing to scale 10X or like we've already talked about, that's worth the cost of investment in my opinion. Yeah. And so it allows me to let you guys do that and me be creative on the video side, which actually gives me momentum to sell. Me posting something is more sales generation for me. It's just like I liken it to when I was door to door sales. I took my, you know, energy drink, took a sip. At three o'clock, they dropped me off on some corner in the middle of freaking nowhere, California or Texas. Canvas time. It was it. It was ready to rock and roll with your iPad. So there was something I had to do routinely in order to get my call my sales process going. And social media does that for me. Just thinking of what kind of value can I bring to people that are around me? How can I influence them? And you guys are already going and getting me leads. So I can do that. I already have my referrals. And I'm doing all these things, but I have to do them better. How do I elevate myself every week 1% better? And Good Vibe Squad provides this wicked CRM. I've probably like pushed the limits of it or like asked to push it multiple times. And I love it. I'm like, how can you invert? Can you put video in these texts? Can you put video in these emails? Can you do this? Can you do this? And like, my poor support guys, like, hold up, dude, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, but like, I got 100 leads. I want to like start getting my pull through rate. Like, from 10 to 35 or 50, like I know the power of video is there, especially going forward. That's why I left the credit union was the industry is changing. If rocket mortgage can come in with nasty ads and disrupt the space with not great customer service and not Tyler on the other line and have that direct like consumer marketing, like you're talking, why can't I do that at a scale that's a localized? and disrupt this space. What has been the impact, uh, you know, cause like, like you said, you, I mean, you've, you, you're not shy of success. You've definitely already had it right now. Obviously there's always more, but, um, you know, you're, you've done a lot of referral based business in the past and, and, you know, like I said, you've had success in the mortgage industry. What do you feel like has been the impact for you to establish a, a, a direct to consumer, um, system for yourself? It's the buyer. It's changing. Straight up, the consumer is changing. The consumer is changing so dramatically. We're, we're seeing that. I mean, you see that so much. So like, you know, I'm a millennial, right? Like I'm turning 36. So I'm starting to talk to more people like me. They don't want to answer the phone. Yeah. Now my dad, he wants to talk to you on the phone. He wants to talk to you about all these things under the sun. And like, he has a relationship for life. How do I keep in front of you when you have TikTok, you know, Instagrams, like YouTube drip campaigns, like text messages, all these things. How do I identify myself just a little bit different? Or you know that I am a mortgage guy, but I'm real. Mm -hmm. 
And how do I do that when I'm not picking up the phone? Because, dude, if I could pick up the phone, I can sell people, right? I know that. Right. But do I have the tools to like help me elevate, you know, through text or through sending emails that like actually mean something, right? So I couldn't do that at the credit union because I had to build their brand, not Tyler's brand. Right. So coming over here, you know, I can send out, you know, tidbits of rates and what's happening with the feds, to all my agents. They don't have to respond back to me, but when I see them or talk to them on the phone, they refer back to a video. Mm. When I have a lead or, a, you know, a borrower and I send them out, like just before this call, I sent out like, Hey, it's happy Easter. I'm going to be with family all around me. If you need anything, you know, shoot me a text, uh, happy house hunt, right? That's basically setting an expectation for this weekend. They're like, Hey, he's going to be with his family, but he's still available because he cares about me. I can do that in video. If that comes across in a text, that just sounds like, Hey, Preston. Um, let me yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This well, that's that, that goes back to that whole, uh, um, you know, there's three components to human communication. There's, there's the words you use, there's body language and tonality and the words you use only equate to about 7% of what actually gets across. The other 93% is split between uh, body language and tonality pretty evenly. And um, it's like, why would you want to rely on 7% of the message getting across? Right. You know, I, that dude videos, I feel like it's profound. And, you know, we've, we've been talking for a long, a good while now, just cause we've used it internally. Like we, we, we are champions of, of loom, uh, 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 the tool that we use. And totally. the thing I love about it is, is I can shoot it, uh, when it's convenient for me. You can watch it when it's convenient for you. I can send it via text. I can send it via email. If I send it via email, it puts that little GIF, which is like kind of disruptive in there of whatever I'm doing, right? So it's still, it hooks you in a little bit more than if I just put a YouTube there. Um, so it's a really cool tool, but uh, it, it allows for you to have what I would consider just barely below an in-person interaction um, through incredibly scalable means, you know? And here's like, it kind of get a little marble with you. It's like all throughout school, I struggle with dyslexia, right? So like you're being told like, hey, you can't really compute at this level because of something that you struggle with. And, you know, you fight your whole life to get around it. Mm. Like app email, you know, signatures that, you know, have been, you know, read by someone else and all these other things, right? Well, the power of the video is, is it's like, hey, Preston, I just gave you an update. Look at this video. Yeah, to the video. I don't have to sit there and type it out and like look like I'm like smarter. Whoever I, I can actually be a hundred percent myself in video. I can be yeah. talking with my hands. I can have a weird little thing with my mouth or whatever it is. And like those people are like, dude, he's real. Like he's yeah. not just like a cookie cutter professional. Like he's actually here. He's I can touch, almost feel, and smell or taste. Right and like. And marketing, you talk about that a lot, especially with photos, is you want them to engulf like that experience and fill it. Yeah. And video's powerful, but I, I don't know. I'm jazzing on video. It's been like my jam since I left the credit union. Like I'm posting every single day with video. Uh, also, I got a YouTube like series of like how to become a broker because no one flipping talks about it. That's cool. Just trying to show like, hey, if you want to scale, like I'm going to share some of the tips and tricks I have because I hate to say it and this might be cocky, but I'll share whatever has made me successful. You still got to walk the walk. Yeah. I can share that with you, right? 
<clears throat> so, and I'm passionate about it. I want to coach you. Like, I think we're all coaches if we're true self. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so, so you've, you've been, you've been doing direct consumer now for a while. Uh, and it sounds like it's been a positive, uh, experience for you from a, a, a you know your workflow has kind of evolved with that your relationship with buyers has has evolved through that what are um what are some other things you feel like you you've been doing that are giving you the edge setting you up for success like what like you know, when you think formulaically about your life and some of the advantages you have if you will um what do you feel like some of the things that you've established are in your corner uh, uh, that continue to help, you know, their wind in your sails that are propelling you forward. Learning how to delegate and trust people that you put in your team. Mm -hmm. So learning to trust, say a CRM or learning to trust that like, if I jump on a call with you or McBilly, I like I'm going to get value out of it. It's not just like another call just to show up mm -hmm. because I'm not going to lie from nine to five during my day. You got to execute that time. Well, I don't want to set in or power, right? I want to put money and food on the table. So like in the gap in the game, there was a story in there where he talks about, you know, the English or Great Britain's rowing team, right? You remember that part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. It's like, hey, you got to make the boat go faster. And that's yeah. what I think every single day. So what is going to put food on the table or what is going to help me achieve that hundred million in a year span, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're not doing that with every single activity and being mean, like, meaningful with it what the freak are you doing yeah and that's what's cool about the crm that you guys have it's been super impactful for that because it's cut down time and then two i can have more meaningful conversations with video so i use loom a ton and what i do is every single le that i send out i go line by line i've gotten so good at like the loans that i've closed now that i can do it in two minutes Wow. Right, like you can bust through every single line. Hey, borrower, this is what your collapsed clothes looks like. This is what this looks like. Full experience. I'm going to share it with you because it's wicked. Borrower watches the video twice. I get pinged with two emails. I'm like, okay, something's up. Right? Yeah. All of them. They're with me, an agent. I go, what's up? Did you guys have any questions? Well, what? No, we just watched your video twice. We actually got it. But hey, let's talk about this. Guess what? That's actually brilliant. I, you know, I've never thought about that, bro. Cause like I, I would, I would refer when I, when I had my insurance brokerage, um, I used Loom religiously and I, and I would observe that oftentimes the video would be watched, you know, I'd shoot it at 3 PM in the day and the video would be watched somewhere between like 8 PM and, and 11, right? Usually. And, uh, um, I would notice you on average when there was a, you know, a, not a single person, but like a, a fiance or a marriage or whatever, there would be a second watch like 10, 15 minutes later, right? And I can only imagine with some version of, of the person I'm talking with primarily goes, oh, that's cool. Here, and check this out. And and it's like, you know, it's it was so valuable. Like I, I was blown away by how much leverage it gave me in the relationship. In a, like, you know, because before somebody would come in, I hated when people would come into my office because I knew that 90 minutes of my life just went away on average, right? Perfect. Some people would just come in talking about their, their dog, their truck, their whatever. And it's like, oh my God, dude, just kill me now. And I could short that, I, I could cut that down without having to leave my house to like five, six minutes. And they were just as excited and happy about it, right? Oh. And so that's huge. That's that's so huge. 
And what's cool about that though is like, because I did that video, I could take time to talk about their dogs or cat <clears throat> or whatever happened to them, right? And that on the on the phone, right? Which is almost like intimate, I guess you could say is a good sure. word for that. Like you could actually build that relationship and actually get to where like, hey, they're going to remember. Because we just came from COVID. Like I closed a lot of loans up here. And I remember being in Costco, talking on the phone, and I have a voice, right? That is my voice. And the lady behind me goes, hey, Tyler, thanks for closing on my loan. Never met her because it was COVID. She knew who I was because of the signature on my email. Why does she know about me more, right? And that's a buyer video. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, and uh, I think that that's a takeaway. That's a, that's, a, that's a definite nugget for those that are there. If you're using Loom or you're not, you need to be using video. And I don't care if it's BombBomb, Loom, whatever. But but um, the cool thing about Loom is you do you can get notifications. I don't know that it defaults to it. I can't remember, but you should whether it does or it doesn't. You should be making sure you do get notifications, watch notifications because um, talk about you know this is actually this is a marketing concept. So Dan Kennedy talked about this at last uh, well the last two funnel hacking lives actually he was there and he talked about it both times. And this is a concept from the book The Purpose Driven Church. Have you heard of that? Haven't. So the Purpose Driven Church is essentially a marketing book wrapped in Christian context to help uh, pastors grow their congregation. And there's a chapter in the book. It's a really good book. It's a really good marketing book. Um, even though it doesn't, it's not like they don't talk about it like that. But if you were to read it as a marketer going, okay, I want to learn about marketing, you're going to get some massive takeaways from the Purpose Driven oh. Church. And uh, um he, there's a chapter in there where he talks about the concept of susceptibility, which is essentially like, um, you know, where, where most, uh, uh, where most people try to, you know, they figure, Oh, you know, this is kind of the street preacher method. I'll just go out there. I'll start yelling and, and, and you know, whoever it resonates with will come to me. And it's like, that's a way that's a way. Um, but he actually talks about how there's no susceptibility in that. Cause it's like, there's people that might not feel like they need Jesus that day or whatever. They just keep walking. Right. right. But, he talks about kind of an alternative strategy, leveraging susceptibility where you go down to the courthouse and you pull the domestic disputes that happened last week because it's public record. And you send him a Bible with a sales letter about why now is the right time to get Jesus. And they actually talk about the domestic violence, right? It's like, they're not even hiding it. It's like, no, this is, this is, this is the perfect time for you to get to know. Right. And it's, it's an awesome, it's an awesome ex explanation of this concept of susceptibility. But I think that's what you're doing. Uh, you know, when, when you see that notification and then watching it, it's top of mind. Like you literally are being notified that they are investing time into progressing on this homebuyer journey. And that call is like the clouds part and you come down. I would imagine that there's actually people that if you did that and you just didn't even say, Hey, I saw you watch the video. They would just feel like that's wow, this is coincidence, you know. It's like and it, it's not. I got the notification, but uh <laughs> Well, I mean, you know how like a salesman, a real true salesman has a script for everything, right? Like he yeah. knows his scripts. And like one analogy that I always use when I get them under contract is I say, Hey, the application process you just went through TSA. Yeah. Just got patted down and you were working with your flight attendant at the gate, which was your agent. You just got on the plane. I have a whole village behind me that's going to make sure you get to your destination. And I'm probably not going to talk to you for two weeks because once you get up to elevation and the appraisal is ordered, 
Yeah. There's a time where you don't need to talk to me. Take a nap. Yeah. But when we get ready, I'm going to come on air and be like, hey, we're about to land. The appraisal yeah. just got back. It's going to, you start to feel like all this anxiety and everything's coming in. I got you. I'm your captain. I'm going to make it to the runway and I'm going to make you feel like, hey, this was easy. But once you get the baggage claim, that's on you. You go ahead and move in. That's not me. Yeah. yeah. And that analogy has helped me be able to like set expectations with that. Right. And I think going back to, you know, what we're talking about being top of mind, when they watch a video, I want to be able to jump in and be like, cool, they want something right now. I'm going to go answer it really quick, get it done, and then go back to my flow. And that's selfish of me, but really you're providing a better experience because you want to hit them up three days later when they're not thinking about it anymore. Well, I think the important distinction on that too, bro, is, I mean, there's, you know, I, I think that there's a generally in the English language, there's an unhealthy relationship with the, the, the concept of selfish. Right. And it's, um, it's, there's an element of like, we shame it, like, like being selfish is bad. And it's like, you know, there's self-serving. Right. And, and it's like, I think that, I think that it really depends on intention because it's like, if your goal is to like serve self at the cost of others, that is wrong. And I think that universally most people would go, yeah, okay, well, if we're clarifying words here and words matter, then yes, that's a bad kind of selfishness, right? But there's, then there's the selfishness where it's like, I got a kid that's growing up and I want to make sure he has good opportunities. I got a wife I want to take care of. It's like, well, okay, yeah, you're selfish, sure. You are serving your own objectives. However, your intention is to provide, to care for, to, to you know, um, support. I mean, it's like, you know, so... I think that's an important thing when people are listening to this too. It's like, you should be selfish. You should be, you should be selfish. Your intention should not be to be selfish at the cost of others, but to grow your own life. And there's a way that you could do that in a win, win, win fashion. You know, it, it really does come down. I know we're kind of like all over the place right now, but like it really does come down to setting your own expectations, right? Like, Hey, your lack of preparation is not my job to make up for that. Yeah. You know, so I'm going to be proactive and keep you accountable. Like, whether that's a referring partner or a lead, hey, I'm going to call you at such and such a time and we are going to have a conversation. Okay, cool. I put the ball back into your court. Sweet. Put it back into mine. Sweet. Moving back. Right. right. Keep the conveyor belt going. And like, you almost have to do that in relationships even with like your wife or sure. friend, right? Like, you've got to be able to give to them yeah. and also be willing to take at a certain time. Well, you know, I've always said expectation is the mother of disappointment, right? So it's like if we don't have good expectations of each other, we, you know, we essentially have unspoken agreements, right? Where you expect something of me, I haven't outright set a boundary, and now my silence speaks for me. And it's like I've, I have written a, a silent contract with you, essentially. And so, I, I mean, expectations are everything, man. I, I'm, I'm huge on expectations, and I think that that's good that you are... Um, you know, one thing I'd like to ask, um, I want you to imagine you're talking to, and it sounds like there's a lot of resources and we'll get to that here in a minute, but, uh, I want you to imagine that you're talking to a newer loan officer or maybe somebody that isn't necessarily newer, but they're, they're struggling right now. Right. As a lot of people are, um, what is some advice from somebody who's having success that you would want to give to them? You got to have a mentor, a coach and a friend. And my wife happens to be all three at different times, but that's like personal, right? And as a loan officer, you're going to have someone that also is a mentor. 
So I'm not afraid to ask a hundred million dollar loan officer, hey, what's what's making you tick? Right. Um, and I've actually have relationships like that, but I also strive to like find some coaching type things. So here's a brief analogy, like, yeah, I just made a switch. So I didn't close a loan for like almost six weeks, right? Cause you make a switch in the essential sure. You got to rebuild your pipeline. You no, know, there's a 90 day process. You know, it's that whole increase of returns, right? Well, what's crazy is because you start doing things and you show up, just freaking show up for crying out loud. That's half the battle. You start to realize that there's actually a fallen behind you. There's been three loan officers that have left other companies. And now I'm kind of somewhat their mentor because I'm a month or two months ahead of them. That slingshots your momentum and your energy to get through. And you only do that because one, you're humble, but you're also thinking, okay, I need a mentor, coach, friend. Like I need these people in my life to sustain me because you can't be a lone wolf. Yeah. And one article that stuck with me way back when was a Harvard business like hmm. review. Be rich, not king. I think that's what it's called. And it's huge. A king will fall. But being yeah. rich takes a mob to work together in order to build something. Do you think about you and Big Billy? I don't know your guys' relationship that well, but I've been on a few calls. You ham and egg each other. Yeah. His weaknesses are probably your strengths, that type of thing. For sure. 100%. And if you don't have that, then you're, own, you're going back to the word selfish, right? Like, yeah, you really do have to have people in your corner and be very selective with those people because that's what elevates you. Yeah. So as a new loan officer, if you don't have those people, start there. Look at, find somebody that you're going to mirror, someone that you feel like is a mentor, and then two, find somebody that's actually going to coach you. That's not just going to mm -hmm. like tell you how to do it and what to do it, but actually be like, why are you doing that? Mm. Ask you the questions of like, but can that go this way? What does that guideline really mean? Don't just go Google stuff. That's what Google's. Yeah. That's my opinion. No, that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense. I like that, man. Well, so my final question for you, Tyler, is, you know, I always like to ask this because I think that we all have different educational journeys. We all have different journeys in, in, in general. And um, I like to make sure that people kind of have this educational because like I didn't have I wasn't very book smart uh, from the traditional method. And I'm very self-taught. I mean, I've read a ton, um, you know, the uh, uh, and I like to give that opportunity to somebody else who may not have the resources, but they want it. Um, what is a book? in your life that, um, ha, you know, uh, that, that you feel should be mandatory reading for somebody in the mortgage industry or sales or business in general? Just one? Come on. You're welcome to do more, but at least one. So I read a book every single month. I yes. get it on Audible and I also have it with my Kindle. And the reason why is like at night I need to read 10 pages to get off my phone and just decompress and then it helps me go. So cranking out a book a month is huge. If you're not doing that, you should. I can see your wall behind you. It's important to you. In the exact same way I hated reading, now I love it. And yeah. then not reading. So right. first off, think of Grow Rich. Mm. Hands down, one of the most efficient books to help you think bigger. And then two, Relentless. 
I'm a basketball. I love sports. So Tim Grover was Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade's like physical and mental coach. And it's not a great how to like book. It's really just getting raw with yourself and how you want to be relentless and a cleaner. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's great. Like there's some grit in there. It's very Dave Goggin like where it's just in your face. And nice. I like that. Yeah. And then three, what's really bumped up there is the gap in the game. Mm. You have to be able to set yourself up for humility of like what's happened in my past and all these events that will slingshot me into the future and get away from comparing yourself with people because you have your own journey. And the only way to do that is through your own gains that you've made day to day, hour by hour. Yeah. Dude, those are three great book recommendations. I'll throw them in the description. Um, well, Tyler, uh, for those that, I mean, you have an inspiring story and I think that people should reach out to you because um, right now I'm seeing, a, I wouldn't quite call it an exodus, but I'm seeing a lot of people go from retail or credit union to, to you know broker and stuff like that. And it sounds like you've even created some resources and some training. So if people want to learn more about you or learn more from you, uh, what are some good ways that they can either reach out or access you or your information? Hit me up on Instagram, growing to the YouTube channel, just getting started, obviously. But like, I love being a teacher. I love being a mentor. So steward, steward is the way that I like to be friendly with everybody else. I, I, I honestly don't probably believe in myself as much as I should. I think we're all that way. So being a steward's like a lot easier. Like, hey man, I got you. I'm right here. I'm side by side with you. Yeah, yeah. Trench, let's go. Let's do, let's do this. But then if you ask me to like be a leader, leader, I'm like, yeah, like where's my people, you know? Right. So yeah. I like, I like being a steward, but I'm down to help out anybody. Pick my brain. I mean, heck, we're all in this together. And at the end of the day, we all want to succeed. So hell yeah. Let's go for rich instead of king. I love it, dude. I, lo- I I'm with you on that. Um, okay. Well, I'll put uh, I'll put your Instagram and your uh, YouTube in the description here so that people can access you. Um, I, I think it would also be cool, you know, if you're watching this. Um, I just I've I've seen Tyler on video. He's he's actually really good uh, being on on camera, and uh, I I haven't seen his how to be a broker content, but I can only imagine um, his fun content is great. If his fun content's great. Uh, uh, and and polished and 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 you know well made. I can only imagine that the stuff on how to be a mortgage broker is fantastic. So I, I think that that would be a worthwhile resource. So uh, reach out to Tyler if, if you're not already connected to him. I think he's going to be a phenomenal resource. And uh, thank you for checking out this episode of the Lens Setter Show. Thanks for being on, Tyler. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah.